It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Columns Hotel on St. Charles Avenue. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just how many? One, two, three, four, five of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans, and you'll get to hear some live music. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my special guest sitting around the table here at the Collins Hotel are David Coonian. David is an award-winning radio producer and personality. For the last 20 years, he's worked out of community station WWOZ, where he hosts two shows a week and has produced seven amazing radio documentaries about New Orleans musicians, including the fabulous James Carroll Booker III, The Life, Music and Mystique of the Bayou Maharaja which won radio's coveted Silver Reel Award. David is currently putting the finishing touches on a program about New Orleans band leader Jonathan Freilich and completing his Master's in Musicology at Tulane University. Is that correct? Yes, I'm going to be a master. Wow, you're a busy guy. Sitting over to my left are the fabulous April Isaacs and Alexis Marinovich. Is that correctly pronounced? Martinovich. Martinovich. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in grade school on the God, first day. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> April Isaacs and Alexis Martinovich, collectively known as the Big Daddy Baggers. April and Alexis have a blog site called How to Bag a Big Daddy in the Big Easy. The site documents their adventures. <laughs> Look at these guys' faces. Their adventures in the seduction of New Orleans' wealthiest no man. No one knew what we what we were here. No, they just thought you were just like nice looking girls. They didn't realize that you were. Oh, you're in the secret service. They're like, I only have two dollars in my pocket. Their site documents their adventures in the seduction of New Orleans' wealthiest men and offers tips to women in the business of finding, seducing, and trapping a big daddy. According to their own definition, the difference between a plain old rich man and a big daddy is, is that big daddies are selling alcoholics who carry guns and know how to treat a lady. Okay, now that's welcome, ladies. Thank you. We're so Thank pleased you. to meet you both. Leo DeJesus and Eric Rogers are in a band called Vox and the Hound. Vox and the Hound have been around since 2010, which is now, what's that, five years? <laughs> Playing what they describe as psychedelic, sometimes sad, sometimes angry, folk country music. Fox of the Hound's first record, Homosa, came out last year and got the band a lot of social, uh, local attention. Also says social attention. <laughs> Their next record release is set That's our realm. for the end of this year. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Happy Hour. It's actually a socialist attention. Socialist attention would be good, too, with an election coming up. <laughs> and on piano across the room is the fabulous, talented, charming, and always gorgeous, Mitch Foreman. Hi, Mitch. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Hey, hey. Fabulous, Mitch. Well, Mitch, we missed you last week. Where were you, by the way? Uh, Who remembers I, I don't even that? remember. I, I think it was, it was just that. a busy, crazy week. Yeah. Busy, crazy playing the piano. How busy can you be playing a piano, really? There's only, what, so, you know, there's, eight, there's 88 notes. Yeah. Is, is all, one of them is always calling my name. Really? What's your favorite, what's your favorite note? <laughs> I like a, a D flat. D nice flat. D flat. Let's have a listen yeah. to that. Mm. That is nice. nice. G flat minor, always the saddest key. That's the saddest, saddest of all keys. keys. All right, we yes. have some Spinal Tap, hey, spinal um, tap fans. What is, it, what is in D, uh, D flat minor? Do you guys have a song, Vox and the Hound, in D flat minor? No. Is it, is it a difficult <laughs> key to play? It sounds complicated. No. No. <laughs> no. That's Leo. Le- Leo's actually a music uh, major. Uh, was. No, it was. Because he's actually got a degree now. But oh, you actually know something about music, Leo? He's, he's a pretty smart guy. No. What, uh, <laughs> why is your name pronounced De Jesus and not De Jesus? Um, I think we just Americanized it. My great-grandfather came from the uh, Philippines. And 
you know, to Jesus, I guess, seemed difficult, but it turns out to Jesus is more difficult for people. To Jesus is a lot funny, doesn't it, ladies? <laughs> yes. Wouldn't you be impressed with a guy whose name is actually Jesus? Um, not just if know. he's got money. Yeah, if he has money, and we're not, I don't know. I am not a big daddy. <laughs> According to their definition. Well, it was, well you don't have you guns like in your back. <laughs> let's let's find out about that, shall we? Uh, what did you guys think of that for you know for introduction? What would you? Uh, what does that make you know? I mean, are you impressed with women who are <laughs> looking for wealthy guys, or are you horrified? Uh, a little bit of both, because uh, you know we're musicians, so we're not big daddies by their definition. So we don't have a shot. Do you feel <laughs> Do you feel intimidated and emasculated? Extremely. That's why I'm on this side of the table. <laughs> well, the table was round. Oh, I love emasculating. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great compliment. <laughs> How did you guys get started in the Big Daddy business? Um, I moved to New Orleans a April, year ago. You have to get right on the mic there. Sorry. You've just been here for one year. Yeah, just one year. And I started working at this old line New Orleans restaurant. Does it have a name? Because we're allowed to say it here. It's okay. um, or don't you want people to know? Well, I quit. So I guess maybe I could wait, just say. Wait, wait. I still work there. We just call it the broken rib. <laughs> That's the name in the blog. Whenever we mention it, it's the broken rib. Okay, right, so we're not allowed rib. to say the name of the restaurant, really? Not, not really, because it's corporate and blah, 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 and I don't want to lose my job. You could, you could figure <laughs> it out. You can you figure did. it out, but yeah. we just... Yeah, what, for, is it, what does it rhyme with? It, there's no rhyming. <laughs> the word... The, word the name of the restaurant. The title, the title is pretty much explanatory of the restaurant, but as long as we don't say it outright, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, is it Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ruth with Ruth's now. <laughs> Boys, you always want what you can't have. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so whatever it is, why did you, Alexis, why did you get, uh, wait, April, sorry, Jesus, why did you, not to Jesus, I know. To Jesus. <laughs> why, why, why did you uh, quit or get fired? What happened? Um, I don't know if I want to go into that. I stole money. <laughs> I stole money out of the register. That would be funny if you were a big I didn't, daddy. I didn't bag you stabbed the Come I didn't on, bag a big daddy, daddy, so I had to dead. steal something, you know? So. No, it, 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 it's just a, it's a comedy of errors, per se, the place. Um, no, so we work at this old-school New Orleans restaurant where lots of people drink and a lot of famous judges and lawyers, a lot of very wealthy doctors, um, a lot of prominent New Orleans people come in for lunch and dinner and they're always hitting on us, like, all the time. And we were... Are they always hitting on you all the time? <laughs> Even with, like, girlfriends at the table. They have, like, no, no qualms about it. And they're you very their open. their own girlfriends? Their own or their wives or whoever. They're very open about mm-hmm. it. Is this because they're, they're drunk or something? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, like, it's part of the culture, I feel how, like. How are they really hitting on you? Or are, they, are they being flirtatious or hitting? Both. Both. So we were talking about, we never would go out with them. We never did anything with the men. And then we, it just kind of like escalated to a point where we're like, why don't we say yes? Let's see where this takes us. Wow. So okay. it started with one gentleman, and there's a story called Mr. Ashley Takes Us to Galatoire's. And that's really when the blog started. That's what I felt like. Yeah. So we can assume it's not Galatoire's then. No, no, yeah, we don't. It's work not Galatoire's. Yeah. So this, so this. Uh, okay, so so we've got about five now. Okay. So Mr. Ashley goes to lunch at this unnamed restaurant called the Broken Room. Yeah. He has a couple of martinis for lunch, and he hits on the waitresses plural. Yeah, and as, as Wait, your waitresses? Well, well, I'm a bartender. Oh, okay. Okay. Good question, David. Thank check, you. Checking that We're out. We're keeping yes. it out. Okay, so, so Mr. Ashley comes into the restaurant, and you know he's very polite. What does he and look like? He's um, old. Well, how old are we talking about? <laughs> really old. You guys <laughs> ancient? <laughs> he has to carry around his heart outside of his body in a pump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I've, is that so even vaguely true? That's very true. He's got a, an he external wear, heart. He wears he wears a piece of jewelry on him that says, "I don't have a pulse." Yeah. No, he doesn't. There's no Swear pulse. To God. Yeah. He wears a piece of jewelry that says, "I don't well, have the a way pulse." That, the way that oh, he, so he, he how does he? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't this guy doesn't have a pulse, and you're going to go out with him? The way, honey, the way that's this is the awesome. Best story <laughs> Okay, He's right. wealthy. He has a heart condition. He's not married. <laughs> right, you're right. He's I'm a trifecta. <laughs> how wealthy is he now? He owns oil. Okay, oil actual oil. Oil, 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 oil. Black money. That's Black that's gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you think you can get a heart on at this point or what? Well, doesn't that matter? No. Well, okay, this is how it started with him. Um, one day we were having a very polite conversation. Mm-hmm. And a one day. So this is not the first time you've met him. No. He, I mean, he would come in. He's a regular, all this stuff. So one day, a gutter punk walks past. And anybody who knows gutter punks know that they don't bathe regularly. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Ashley crinkled up his nose, and he said, Now, Miss April, I, I don't imagine how somebody could have sex with somebody who smells that bad. And... I said, Pretty well, good for only being here a year, by the way. Yeah, and I said, well, I, you know, I suppose they have sex with each other. And he said, you know, now I like eating pussy. I would never eat somebody's pussy who smelled like that. And it opened up this whole floodgate. So then... No you know, pun intended. Though. Right. So then from that point... So, like, before Mr. Lindsay would come in and we'd all be like, oh, I mean, Mr. Ashley, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we have to edit that out? <laughs> I don't think anyone knows them any, either way. It's, it's irrelevant. But So, well, before this, like, the conversation was all like, you know, um, how are your parents? Like, you know, what did you do over the weekend? Like, very polite mm-hmm. stuff. So now, all of a sudden, floodgates open. He's talking about pussy all the time. And he's like, you know, what, how was your date? You know, blah, blah, blah. And was, you know, tell me, give me the X-rated version, you know. And um, I said, well, you know, I'm in the sky. Like, you know, we had some afternoon delight. And he goes, now, Miss April, is he taking care of you first? You know what I mean. And I was like, well, you know, we now know what Mr. Lindsay is all about, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So Ashley, I don't think it the... matters if he can get it up. You're not worried about getting up because he's just interested yeah. in eating pussy. Okay. Yeah. So, which I find to be very common among that whole group, which is... Is so, that right? I yeah, think it's a New yeah. Orleans trait. <laughs> That's interesting. What group are we talking about? Um, men who have a lot of money and power. It's like, it's like a sexual fetish. So now we all know. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> Do you think we could attain uh, money and power by... The, does it work the other way around? I don't know. I think it's a predereliction <laughs> to be in control. Oh, really? Yeah. And why, what's in control about that, exactly? It's not like anal sex, which I believe well, is Well, you're in control, control of a woman's pleasure. Is that, yeah. is that thunder or what is that? Yeah, that's thunder. Wow. That's God that's looking down yeah. on yeah. us. <laughs> those are, those are the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> those are the floodgates. Okay, so, so from a woman's point of view, that puts a guy in control? No, that's from their point of view. Well, what's your point of view? Uh, enjoyable. Yeah, we just enjoy the ride. <laughs> okay. Whatever. We just lay back, put the timer on. So... So you, so you think that... Take the check, balance, balance the checkbook, take the credit okay, card. Okay, so God, okay. okay put, up, so. To put, up, put online, do some online shopping. Because <laughs> that's going to give us their Amex. Yeah, I don't like, know. Freeze up your hands and everything. Yeah. Make, make a sandwich, read a book. You know, like, so you guys, do you... I mean, David, you're a married man with two children. 
Yes. Do you believe that <laughs> uh, that that sexually puts you in control of a woman's pleasure? You can't answer. Have you ever thought of that before? Actually. Uh, in my experience, <laughs> yes, uh, my <laughs> women splashing. are in control of their own pleasure. Well put. And I and, and I can do my best to kind of direct that, but you know, it's only direction and suggestion. But that can go a long way. I think that's a mm. cop out. <laughs> he doesn't really? have the skills. <laughs> well, I just met you when you said that. <laughs> there isn't much. Is there much skill involved in that, really? Oh my God! Oh, yes. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, I know what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> How do we always well, end up talking about pussy? Well, I, I know, I know. What, well, you guys are in a rock band. Well, it's a psychedelic folk band, really, but yeah. it's the same kind of thing. Do you find women require that of you? Um, I never get to the point where they're telling me that they require it or not. I usually just... Yeah, just do it. You're already in it. Just banging Just dive chick. right in. Yeah, okay. That's a good boy. <laughs> No, I'm be proud. I, I have a, As a drummer, you're a drummer, I'm right? I'm a drummer. And right, so you, I, are you... I've been in the same relationship for over seven years, so like... Okay. I hope she's just not listening, but... <laughs> no one listens to is, this, so you're totally She knows that, you know, I, I give her her fair share for sure. Right. But do you believe... But that was really not the question. The question is, do you believe that is putting you as a man in charge of a woman's pleasure more than, say, having sex in any other I like fashion? to think that it puts me in charge, yeah, personally. I think I know what I'm doing. So. Yeah, but I mean, do you think that going down on a woman is puts you more in charge of her pleasure than anything else? With her, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you're right then. It seems to be a... Well, yeah. how do you feel on the topic? I, don't, I never thought about it. I thought that would be something that women would be more demanding of than a guy would want to do. I'm surprised that there's a whole class of men who like that in their... I think in certain their men don't like doing it, though. Yeah. yeah. And but then certain we people l- really do. I, th- I think Those the men, men are wrong. The men who... <laughs> no, I feel... Wrong. <laughs> An example I have, um, the best I probably ever had was as a TV producer, and I had been, like, giving him a hard time for a while. I I kept throwing him off and not returning his calls or whatever, and he was very polite, and this was probably why I was ignoring him so much. And then, so finally, we get in the bedroom, and it was absolutely, unbelievably amazing. And I go, why are you so good at this? And he goes, because... I like to be in control. And I finally saw like his true demeanor come out because then he'd been trying to be polite and everything. And after that, the control freak. So, so guys who like to be in control are better sex partners. Uh, I think so. Alexis, April? <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. They're not mes- necessarily the best boyfriends, but... Yeah, there's, there are other complications. Well, I guess there are... Other- <laughs> that, um, that, brings us to, that brings us to a whole other subject. But sexually, great. <laughs> that brings us to a whole other subject about what exactly bagging a big daddy is all about. But let's get on to that in a minute. First of all, let's talk about music. Can we? Is that okay? True. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you don't want to talk about pussy anymore, I understand. <laughs> no, we can, we can, you are a rabbi. We can get, I am a rabbi. We can and get, a gynecologist. And, <laughs> <laughs> we can, you do get enough pussy like if you're a gynecologist. <laughs> we'll get back to pussy in a moment, if that's okay. But first, I just want to talk about rock and roll. Or it's very closely related. Sad. And <laughs> sad. So, so, Leo, you have an actual degree in music? Uh, that I do. And what is the degree? Uh, it's music composition, so I am a waiter. <laughs> Mitchell Foreman has a degree in music composition Isn't that right, Mitch? Uh, no, no, I have com- music performance Oh, it's not related? You, well, you are uh, a composer, though Yes So, Leo, do, uh, no, 
Yes, sorry, Mitch. No, not not a uh, not a degreed composer though. There's a difference. You don't have, you're not, right. There's very very little. Leo actually has it. <laughs> so, what sort of music did you learn to compose? Like orchestral stuff. I mean, they didn't learn to. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it. it um, my uh, what's the word? Mentor through college, if you will, Dr. Jimbo Walsh. Um, it's funny having oh, a mentor yeah. called Jimbo. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. he, uh, I mean, he taught he taught he started me off on He's the. The regular ropes, you know, orchestral and stuff like that, but strings, I think that's called, not ropes. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, pia- pianos, <laughs> <laughs> strings. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, I missed that. Um, and then later, he uh, he actually became my producer of the band that I was in at the time. Hmm. So our, what was that band? Uh, that band was called The City Life. Mm-hmm. I was in that band for four years. Uh, the day that I decided to uh, become the lead singer of that band, we interrupted our composition lessons. Uh, to watch Elvis DVDs, and then our lessons were changed from that point on. So hmm. he kind of he started me off on the right strings, and then uh, he moved me over to the other strings. To the dark side. Exactly. So that's when you decided to become a rock singer? Well, you're not a rock. Are you like, this is I, not a Yeah, rock. I mean, it started off, this band definitely started off more folky and sad than it is now. Our most recent release that we're getting ready to put out this year is definitely you could just you could stop at rock it's pretty it's pretty rock okay well let's hear something off it you guys want to play something just acoustically first uh, yeah and then we'll hear cool. something off the record a little that bit sounds later good on. okay what do you want to play uh, i think i'm gonna wing a tune called cheap and out of place cheap and out of place how cheap much out perfect, of place. more perfect could that be for <laughs> big daddy bags yeah, i'm about to turn them You're not off talking about us <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I like to, I like to yeah probably I like to joke that this song is about our bass player, but uh, it's he's not because he's not here. He's out of this place. <laughs> he's, he's cheaping out of this place right now. All right, let me hold on. Okay, and we'll be right back to Pussy after this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond the stained glass window panes, the son of sickness tries to lick this problem where it stands. But we keep putting in our hands. With every fistful of two cents, the money stacks until it cracks the ceilings and the floors. Oh, the windows and the doors. Family seated, choirs leading, singing, oh my, my. The priest in white and black dress, grandma singing, oh my, my. Crying, oh my, my. Wise man say, That you bleed it dry Love it, squeeze it But only if you need it to fly That's how you get your loved ones to die Within, oh, sorry. A mother links her living lips 
goes to stick a dying kiss upon her young boy's face. His casket she'd been out of place. And no one should ever, ever, ever have to weather the storm of the death of a child who was left alone out in the rain. The hailstorm beating at his brain. yourself and say goodbye yeah well maybe then your loved ones will cry oh good heavens thank you what the heck kind of lyric is that about Leah uh, it's, it's about a suicide child suicide and the family that drove him to it wow it's from personal experience I'm dead <laughs> I have, my, I have no pulse. I have the jewelry to prove it. <laughs> Sounds like our kind of man. It's um, that's a pretty heavy sort of a song. To um, just sit here and just stop playing. Is it really about somebody? No, I was in a um, I was in a funeral. I was in a, was in a funeral. I had my notebook with me. Uh, we were. I was th- my old job. We worked with uh, an old guy who was semi-retired. He uh, really sweet man. He died, and we all went to the funeral as a, as an office. Took the day off. Right. And I was just. What office was this at here? Uh, it's a it's an office in Metairie. It's a place called uh, Fringe Benefits. It's a 401k provider. They treated me well, but okay. cubicles only can keep me satisfied so long, I mm. guess. <laughs> but you, then I was just in a funeral, and I, death, 
yeah. started to write lyrics about and so that. that was a, so that's really a song about how to get your kid to kill him or herself. Exactly. And that's mm. uh, it's a cautionary tale. I guess. Or an instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. Hey, we'll have to put this back up again. Cause we, uh. It's okay. Hey, David. David, you, I'm, David. Mi- I'm microphone challenged. You see, I need to talk you into the, not over the top, but into the flat bit there, you see? It's like, there you go. David Koonian knows about every musician in New Orleans and everything that's going on mm-hmm. in New Orleans music. Have you ever heard of these guys, Vox and the Hound? Yes. Where, oh, did, wow. you, where did you hear them? Um, I want to say I heard them on WWOZ or on WTUL at one point. Very possible. Possible for both. See, I thought I'd try and find out something about them because I use you as my role model. I see you interviewing people, these bands, and you know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, I'll do the same thing. I'll do some research just like David Koonian does. So I go online and I go to the Vox and the Hound website. This is their bio. We are a band. More about us coming soon. <laughs> That's what it said. That's a haiku, not a bo- Well, close to a haiku. <laughs> Almost, it's, it's a haiku in progress. Um, <laughs> David, could you interview them for me? And can it, you teaches you, out? it teaches you a lot about musicians in that uh, we procrastinated that a long time ago. <laughs> Nothing came anything close to soon. Right. <laughs> so nobody cares. I mean, has anyone ever said anything like, we'd like to know more about you? Absolutely. I mean, Eric, you're the drummer. For you, after all, you're the smartest guy in the band, right? That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I thought it was the bass player. I thought the drums were <laughs> here. He's not even here. Right? Player. That's how smart well, he is. He's smart he enough is. not to <laughs> just talk bad about him all night. Um, I'm going to do nothing but glow his praises. <laughs> okay. What's his name, the bass player? Uh, Andrew Jarman. Um, what was the question again? Oh, yeah. Why is there no bio info about you on well, this? Well, I mean, there was some stuff like underneath that, I think. that we There didn't. isn't. Well, you're lying. There isn't anything. I'm not lying. I swear to God. There there isn't anything. Where did you get it, though? It's on some website that's got turquoise colors with, like, striped columns of writing on it. (laughs) It's got an animal, like a fox, maybe, or something. Really? Yes. It might be the old blog that we never updated. We started a blog. It was like, well, this ain't working. (laughs) But, no, uh, we have You ever heard of Google? That's what I used. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry that that's what you found. uh, Well, what is there, then, to know? What should we know about you? David, help me. We're badass, dude. Okay. <laughs> what makes you so badass? Okay, I'll help good you. Good question. <laughs> yeah. That's a very Andrew good Jarman, question. bass player. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to talk about it. So, uh, well, this band started out of uh, like a lot of bands were ending, or like you know, New Orleans was in a scene where, or a period where a lot of bands were starting up out of other bands. Like Leo and I used to be in a band called My Name Is John Michael for a long time, and. We were leaving that band and blah, blah, blah. D-Ray was another band that was kind of ending. Rory's band was kind of on this hiatus. And so we were all, you know, wanted to play with each other, but we didn't have time prior to that. So we kind of just, Leo and I, you know, Leo was writing these songs while he and I were still playing with another band. And he showed them to me one day, and I was like, dude, these are pretty awesome. We should do something with this, but we don't have the time. It's like, well, if we ever did, who would we want to play with? And we had our, like, pick of the litter. We picked all these guys who were just kind of having more time freed up around that same time. And just kind of happened organically like that. And we've, you know, we're about to put out our second record. I think it's great. And uh, what else? Well, hopefully you would think it's great considering you're in the band, right? Well, did they I, listen to you? I, I also produced it. So, like, ah, okay. I, I, I think it's something really awesome. So, how hard would it have been to write that down and put it on the bio thing? <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. very, really. Apparently, very difficult. Apparently. Yeah. There's no writers in the band? Who's the, you, Leo, you're the. Rory's a writer. Rory's an actual writer. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an actual, a paid writer. You're, what do you write, Rory? Um, yeah, get on that uh, I uh, contribute to Offbeat every now and then. So does David Coonian. Well, you're the Rory in Offbeat. I am the Rory in <laughs> okay. Offbeat. 
Oh, good, good to know. All right, no, 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 no. Nice thing. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the name. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're an actual writer. You're a rock journalist. Yes. And you couldn't write down a freaking bio <laughs> for your own band? Yeah. I, uh, it's, I'm also finishing up grad school, so I've been uh, dealing with that. Hey, here's one right Procastinate. here. Oh, so yeah. we, do, we do have one <laughs> somewhere. Do, yeah, it's on a different John site. Cash. Since their debut at Noir Collective, yeah, this is, an, this is an article from Offbeat that you wrote for Offbeat, right? No, that's the bio. no, that was the actual bio. That's the actual bio? I found yes. that, but that's on Facebook. And our band camp and other things. I thought that was basically taken from this Offbeat article that I also found. So I'm I like the like David, I'm like the David Cooney. Yeah. He's, he's obsessed anyway, with bias. Why are you doing such a bad <laughs> job? I know, really. <laughs> I need a better research. Don't, don't ask them why you're being incompetent by not thinking that was a bio. <laughs> was that, is that your bio, really? We're a band. This thing you're here. forcing this man to stalk you. Okay. We're going to... We have a record coming out in the fall, so we're going to update everything. And then we have a record right. coming out in the fall, so we're going to update everything. W- what label is a record coming out in? Uh, none. None. <laughs> you see, that's another interesting N- not point. Not at this point. So, Eric, your name on Twitter is Antenna Eric. That's right. Okay, and then you click on that, and then it goes, it opens a thing that says um, Park the Van Records. I used to work for Park the Van Records oh, for a while. I used to work for Park the Van. Oh, well, I was in a band, uh, I still am actually, but another band called Empress Hotel. Uh, Empress Hotel was signed by Park the Van uh, a couple of years ago, and after the band got signed, I w- became good friends with the guy that runs the label, and he asked me to join the, the label team as well, and so I did that for like six months to a year. About that, I don't remember. That's exactly. an interesting little label. They have interesting. Oh of yeah, they're, well they're great. They've actually uh, been downsizing. Actually, um, they've been make, I mean, focusing more on the management side of the music industry, where they're taking on management clients and releasing fewer and fewer records. One of the records they're going to release this year is actually the next Empress Hotel record, but. That's on like on hold until further notice. So, David, this is what you spend your day doing and talking about music all the time, mostly. No. Why do you want to go back to school? Um, I don't. Well, I'm already have been back in school, and now all I have to do is finish a thesis. So, uh, which is you know goes very slowly. But that would be. <laughs> yeah. That's what Rory's doing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think I think I've shaved about five years off my life yeah. working on this thing. <laughs> what, what's the subject of your thesis, Rory? Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. Uh-oh. We're going to need another mic in five more hours. Okay. <laughs> What's the next And more title? drinks. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. <laughs> you show me mine if I show yeah. you mine? Or whatever. Ah. Oh, oh. He's a writer, not a talker. We it's on us. eating pussy. <laughs> Is it? Could that be uh, a rock and roll? Not mine. I don't know about you. <laughs> what, what's your degree? What are you doing a degree in? Music? Um, it's, it's actually English. Oh, okay. uh, rhetoric and composition, to be exact. Um, wow. So basically, teaching of writing, but it is music related. I'm looking at the grunge and riot girl movements and showing uh, how they built public persona and sort of apply that to writing the way a student uh, builds a persona in a piece of writing. Hmm. I'm, I'm a bit lost. Eating that. pussy. Yeah, more or yeah. less. Yeah. Can you guys follow that? Should have went with the pussy. No, I, got... I just heard persona like you seven You heard persona. Yeah. Do you guys... <laughs> Eating persona. Uh, do you have a degree, April, um, from a college? Several. Several college degrees? Um, no, I have a, a master's degree and a bachelor's. Wow, what in? Um, the first one is in English, and the master's is in creative writing. Come on, there you go. So everyone's a writer around mm-hmm. here. No, no, no. Alexis. I'm a drummer. Well, but, <laughs> and an impresario. <laughs> sure. Record company impresario. Sure. Alexis, do you have a degree from a college as I well? I have two as well. Come on. We're overeducated a... in yes. this circle um, and working in the service industry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, I my master's is in policy, so my initial writing was mostly very dry and boring, but I've always wanted to explore my creative slash more journalistic. I did a lot of journalism in undergrad and a lot of political work. Actually, my undergrad's in political science. Okay. So this Big Daddy is definitely a big turn for my last big project I worked on, which was being an environmental beat writer. <laughs> for, for whom? Who'd you write for? Um, I did that, yeah, I did that for um, a newspaper in Monterey, California for a while, and then I started it here a little bit with the um, NOLA Defender, mm-hmm. but I found that they were taking too much of my time. <laughs> not enough, not not paying enough money. <laughs> not enough so, money. Well, no money well, and a lot of time. So you're, bro- you're both writers then, mm-hmm. Alexis and April, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so how much of this pussy-eating Big Daddy <laughs> blog is just all made up, really, then? Well, some parts I feel like we take nuggets of truth, and then we talk, about, like, as a writer, like, you want to say something. Well, this, this is what I feel. Like, you know, coming from New York for 12 years, you know, people, people in New York read my blog, and they think, um, sorry... Um, he's like looking like, oh God, please don't spill her yeah, Manhattan we can, over the We can equipment. buy more equipment, don't worry. <laughs> um, but, you know, things happen in New Orleans that are very magical and surreal and things that don't happen in other cities. And I think that that's why people have that response. Like, is this really real? Did this really happen? You well, know? I live here and I'm, I'm wondering that. Now that I know you're both creative writers, I thought it was all true when I read the blog. The blog is I would say I would say most of it's true, but then we take aspects of it and we turn it to make it more... It's the dramatic yeah, truth. Yeah, the dramatic truth. Yeah, exactly. So it's all based on a true story, as yeah. they say mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like you watch, I don't know, a Hollywood movie and it's based on a true story. Basically, like most of the facts are right, but how we say it maybe isn't always... 100% there, but... Well, let's ask us. So we y'all, y'all embellish also, a little bit? We also can't remember what happened exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have this great thing. Um, so I always carry my writing journal when we go out on our expeditions, and I'll go back and I'll read, like, stuff that I wrote. And I wrote this piece, and it's called Mr. Washington Comes to New Orleans or something like that. And it's just about this guy who's from D.C., and he's, like, trying to hit on me, and he just says these offensive things after offensive things because he's not from New Orleans. He doesn't know how to make a conversation. Like, he asks you, like, <laughs> he's like, what do you do for a living? And I go, that's really boring. I don't want to talk about that. Let's, like, talk. Let's have a conversation. Like, ask me questions that are, like, interesting. And, and so, like, the conversation. And then he asks how old April is. I mean, it's just getting awful and awful. But and he was like, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> like, he was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, obviously, we have money to buy drinks in this bar. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> but anyway, so finally, I, I forgot that I told him that I, I go, you know what? The simple truth is I sell my eggs for money. And that's how I live. Your ovaries. And, yeah, well, eggs. yeah, my eggs. Not eggs my, from your chickens. No, yeah, eggs from my ovaries. Like, okay. And I forgot I told him that. And I like went through my reading journal. And all I see is like writing journals. All I see is in quotations like... I told you, I sell my eggs, and that's how I paid for this drink or something like that. And I was like, oh, what? Is I, what was I thinking? <laughs> and then all of a sudden I had like an aha moment. I'm like, oh, it's Mr. Washington, <laughs> that jerk. Do, do, what is the definition of bagging a big daddy is what I was wondering when I read all these things. Getting um, a hat from Florida Paris. Does <laughs> it mean marrying one? No. No, no. It's, it's the last it's all, thing. No, it's all about sport. It's all about um, getting as much uh, treasure as you can amass. Um, is it like a tag and release thing? Like, do you, does it, someone yeah, else? Like, that is beautiful. Yes, perfect. Like you, leave, you leave your Cash mark? Cash and release. Yeah. <laughs> and then let him go on to buy somebody else a hat. Yeah. So you don't want to possess no. the big daddy? No. Wow, that's interesting. 
It's all in the sport and we the want thrill the of the chase and the stuff that we want you get from it. I think, I mean, we both talk about this, that I feel like we're young, we're attractive, and men just uh, totally objectify that. They don't want to ask us questions that are smart or intelligent. What and do they, they want out of you? Yeah, they assume that they... They, they just want pussy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all they're interested in. And so it's fun to turn the tables a little bit and be like, um, we just want things out of you. But objectifying men yeah. for the money. But but are, are they aware of that too? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, but like, I, you know, I think that they are, and I think that they actually love it. But like, do you make it clear? It's like, okay, this is what, what I'm doing. This oh, is what yeah. you need to do for me. And after this, like, you know, I'm done. You know, that people know that. What's they don't on. know that it's done, but it's it's definitely like a game. You know, like, oh, it's aren't like you going to buy? Agreement. Under contract. There's no contract. There's no contract. What guy wouldn't want to just take out some woman and have sex with her and never see her again? Well, uh, yeah. It's not that difficult. I mean, every guy wants that, don't No, but we don't most of the time. That's the point. It's like a game. The rich men in New Orleans, I feel like they're into the gameplay of all of it. You know, it's like, you buy me this, you know, like maybe I like make out with you or like, you know, you buy me blah, blah, blah. I've never had to buy anybody anything. Have you guys? <laughs> I, I could, never. couldn't if I tried. <laughs> I'm paying us as prostitutes. <laughs> Not being rich comes with a certain level of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think what she's trying to say is, for example, is that we as women have let, I don't know if this is just my personal opinion, but the last man I dated was my age and he just assumed, like, I was so lucky to date him. And I'm smart, I'm funny, I'm intelligent, I have my act together, I have a car, I have an apartment, I pay my rent, I walk my dog three times a day. Like, no, you should be happy to date me. I have all my original teeth. And, <laughs> and I just funny that you only had that as an afterthought. Yeah, well, I'm from Louisiana. Every time I go to the dentist... That's a very New Orleans thing to say. Every time I go to the dentist, the dentist is always like, your teeth are so nice. And I'm like, I just brush and floss. Like, I don't... Well, he's a dentist. <laughs> He's not hitting on you. As no, well. no, no. Anyway, maybe you never know. <laughs> he might like nice teeth. He's a dentist. So, no, but I think like we both were like so fed up with our last relationships where we felt like men just instinctually said like, you're lucky to be with us. And I feel like it shouldn't be that way. I feel like the older generation of men, when they take a woman out, they respect her and they feel lucky to be with her and they want you to feel lucky and loved and cherished. And I don't know why it is that, I mean, granted, maybe this company is excluded, that men our age don't want to make women feel cherished anymore or special or spend or give her roses. Like, you should want to buy your girlfriend things. You should want to make her feel special. And it doesn't have to just be monetarily, but I think the reason we use the monetary thing is that it's very easy to objectify and say, hey, guess what? You should take care of women because we're, like, amazing. (laughs) That's my little soapbox right there. Okay. Well, Let's take a little break for a minute and listen to some more music. Okay. What do you think? Mitch Foreman. Yes. You, what do you think of that? Are you okay? Uh, I am. I'm going to play a, uh, a song called When I Fall in Love. Ah, how perfect.
beautiful, as always. Awesome. The fabulous Mitch Foreman. Very Thank nice, you. Mitchie. When I Fall in Love, who wrote that? If I knew their first names, I could tell you, but it says Heyman Young. Mr. Heyman and Mrs. Young. Yeah, is that the forward. song with the lyric, When I Fall in Love, with this, it'll be forever? It'll be forever, yeah. That's what we all think, isn't it? Yeah. David Coonian, how did you fall in love? I was at a jazz fest party. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and my friend... <laughs> uh, and one of my best friends was talking to this fetching young woman with beautiful eyes and beautiful hair, and said to me, you know that picture of Dave Bartholomew that I have on my wall that I was going to give you for your birthday? I went, yeah, I've been wanting to get it from you and you know, write it, you know, thank the artist, who, photographer who took it. And Kira Hobrick, who this, you know, I was talking to, said, well, um, she's right here. Meet Renee Bigelow. So I was introduced to Renee Bigelow, and we sat there and ended up talking for a couple hours, interrupted every so often by my brother, who kept cocking up to me going, dude, Dr. John's playing Tipitina's. We got to go. And I looked at him and said, um, <laughs> Andrew, you know, I'm, I'm kind of talking to somebody. Uh, and he'd go away and, you know, have another drink and come back and go, dude. Dr. John's playing. We got to go. And finally, after a couple hours, I finally said, you know, I'll talk to you later. You know, it's nice meeting you. And we should get together sometime. And we raced to Tipitina's. And literally, when we walked through the door, it was right as Jazz Fest, the night shows at Jazz Fest were switching to, you know, the early shows and the late shows. So I figured Dr. John would just be going on. Of course, we walk in and literally he is hitting the last note of the last tune and walking off stage. And my brother looks at him and goes, and so now I look at him and go, well, you know, we might have missed Dr. John, but you did get a sister-in-law out of it. Wow. Aww. You were so certain even after Aww. two hours. Okay, that's worth a hand. All right. Yes. Eric, very good. I'll leave the hand. Wow, David, that's a pretty amazing... So you were in love instantly or it just took two hours, which is pretty uh, much I, was, I, was, I was in like at first. It took a couple months before being in love, but it progressed pretty quickly. Wow. That's a pretty impressive story. I got lucky. That's kind of, well, that's love at first sight, pretty much, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, not quite at first sight, but, you know. And Eric, you've been in a relationship for seven years, you yeah. said. And how did you guys meet then? Uh, through a friend. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was 18, like, we all used to hang out at this guy's house on the West Bank, like, you know, after school and stuff. And <laughs> Eat Domino's pizza. <laughs> like. No, Papa John's. <laughs> Better ingredients. <laughs> It's better pizza. I always play pool and, you know, watch stupid movies and shit. But, like, a friend of mine's girlfriend started bringing this girl, Marion Tesvich, over every once in a while. Like, I always, like, thought she was adorable. And one of the reasons that I wanted to start dating her is, like, I could never, like, have a long conversation with her. I was always trying to figure out what the hell she was thinking. And I just, like, kind of drew me to her and, like, finally got her to go on a date with me. And she might have said five words the whole time. It was really awkward, actually. And uh, where was the day? Uh, Mona Lisa's in the French Quarter. Like, uh, it's a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm taking girls. Lori's familiar. <laughs> That's a pretty awkward day. She only said it was, five it words. Do you remember what the five words were? Yes, no, perhaps. She can catch a Tory. That's two. It's funny to say, like, I'm, I'm a Leo. You know, something like that. You know, that I don't, I don't right. remember. But uh, it was, this was is like. Is she, in fact, a Leo? I don't know. Her birthday's in August. When is that? That's Leo. Yeah, it's Leo. Leo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't pay attention to Zodiac shit. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. How does, like, a five-word date end up to a seven-year relationship? (laughs) That's coming from a big dad tag. It's increased to a... I would be so old. 
over. It's a 25 word relationship. <laughs> Are you like on your 60th word by now? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, but no, joking. But no, hey, for whatever reason, it worked and it's awesome. So well, what is the reason? Now we have long Eric, Eric talks enough for the both of them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Eric, well, that is the key sentence there. For some reason, it worked. What is the reason? How do you, how do you make it work? We both have uh, very independent schedules. We have for a long time. And what does she do? She's she a pharmacist music? now. Yeah. Very handy. Oh, as a musician, it's freaking awesome. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what's no. your what's this? What's, what's your number? Right. We might need you. We might. We might send some. Very good. No, it might. We'll send some of our old men over there. <laughs> the guy with the oh, right. <laughs> well, I, I, pr- I probably get killed to say this. But she was working at uh, like you know when, she, but she was still in pharmacy school. She'd work in pharmacy, you know, pharmacies. And there'd always be like the seventy or eighty year old men walking. They'd be like, "Oh shit, here he comes again!" Like you got to think about that dude. Fucking like, who wants to think about that shit? <laughs> oh, you mean he's getting Viagra? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I or Cialis or whatever. You I know. have a joke that um, I have these two men fighting over, and they're both in their like. Is 80s. this an actual joke? It's, or no, it's it's a true story. True. There's these two men. They're and they're, one they were like business rivals, and the one guy's like this is he started. His name is Mr. Packaging. If you look him up on the blog, and I met Mr. Bags <laughs> at a random drink like a drink party that we were invited a cocktail party. I don't know why I call it a drink party. Anyway, so we're at this party, and he introduced myself, and the guy, like, squawks at me. He's like, I know. You're, like, because of where I work. He asked mm-hmm. me if I knew someone and blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, they're fighting over me, and I, I told my friends, I was like, I cursed the day Viagra was invented because only with Viagra do two 80-year-old men even want to fight over you. Like, back in the days, they would have just been happy to, like, talk to you and have a nice conversation because they knew that's as far as it could go. But see, I spent April. some time in Sarasota, Florida, and um, my aunt lives there and she lives in a retirement community and <laughs> they would hang out there and as part of her domino league. And I would hear, yeah, and I would, I would hear the craziest crap. Like, like it was with a, a circle of like 20 year olds or something. And they'd say like, oh, you know, Dolores, oh God, you know, she like, this guy that she likes so much, he's staying at her house, but you know, he's just... He's just a loser and a bum, but like she just wants him for the sex because the sex is so good. And you look at Dolores, and she's like this little old lady with a walker and like gray hair. And you're like, Dolores is getting good sex, and like, <laughs> she can't kick him. She can't kick him out because it's like so good. Like, that's insane. Well, I guess maybe Viagra is going to be like our our happy pill when we're in well, our 70s. But right now, it just is our curse. Yeah, we want to be the, the Anna Nicole days. We just got to sit on the lap. <laughs> Free Viagra. Now there's, there's a role model for you. She didn't do anything, and she how much did she make out no, of it? No, I think she, she well, died, she's dead, so yes, I don't really that. know how much a role model she is for us. And paternity test <laughs> and a Trimax well, commercial. It's not my really, dream we life. We haven't really got serious about this at all. But do you have to have sex with these guys? No, you don't, you don't have, have to. to do anything. No, you, you, you don't, don't have to. For the, I mean, for That's the contract. You don't want to talk about it. For the contract. No, we have no issue talking about sex. Obviously. No, I mean, for the contractual. There's to no get, contraction. No, well, to, you know, for the transaction then to get the stuff out of them. No, to no. To get the trip to France. <laughs> the stuff. Or, you know. Well, oh, well I don't. Know. I th- I think it's like you sorry. like someone. Um, I think everyone. You have to like these guys first. Well, some of them you do. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. For instance, there's one. I call him Big Daddy R, and Big Daddy R lives in Kansas City, and he has a place on Royal Street, and this is where he comes to play, and he's married and all this jazz. But he's actually like a very good-looking older man. Like he's probably in his late fifties, you know, 
very good looking, like cut, whatever. Yeah. And um, he he wants to have me be his niece, quote unquote. That's okay. what that's what he calls it. And I guess it's a very southern thing where women are. It's, if you come from Mississippi, you, no, you but can have sex I, I with think. But niece, the point but is that she thinks he's attractive and she, he's witty and he's smart. Yeah. And like I've said before, and it's he's like, not like. And they take care. Like they make you feel special. They open your doors and they don't ask you to split the check. And they don't act like they're appreciative that you're out with them. I but think you don't mind that he's married? No, I might. Well, the one I'm seeing, well, I'm see. you see multiple at the same time, but like I'm about to go, I think we're about to go to Vermont with one of my big daddies on you a summer trip. You both go together. Okay, can I oh, go? Oh, yeah, can we I go always too? go together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she needs five extra tickets. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> can, you can go Grant together on these. Yeah, because I tell them I'm not like the one guy is a You need TV a chaperone. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like back in the day. Well, she was consulting me on it. She said, I want to tell him that, you know, I don't, I, I want to have you come along. And I said, well, say, you know, we only met that once. And um, I just, I, I would feel more comfortable if my girlfriend was in tow. And and how did you phrase it? And I was like, no, he's going to think it's a threesome. <laughs> I, I almost wrote him an email. Cause, all right, so he, he lives in Canada and he comes to New Orleans during the wintertime. And he's a TV producer. And actually, and he's very funny and he's smart. And I, I mean, this is the same TV producer as the second it's a, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the one the that's, that's really good in the sack. The same that's, TV that's producer. That's the only reason, probably, actually, when I say I really like him, I pretty much just say he's really good in the sack. <laughs> and I want and he's going to w- summer up in Vermont. He invited me to come up for. Is this guy married or single? Uh, he's single. He has two kids. You suspect that he But I, I suspect he has, like, a long-term relationship in Canada, like all of them do. But I don't... It's not important. Okay. All Canadians have long-term relationships? <laughs> no, all no, all it, older men have, like, a woman that they take on their arm everywhere, and then they have toys when they're that it's wealthy. It's a don't ask, don't tell yeah. situation. So you're the niece. Pretty, I guess. Um, I mean, in general, on these relationships, the niece is a pretty good definition, even though that's what this guy actually said to you. April. I mean, if we ever... Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're a niece... You, it's like you go to a restaurant and to smooth it over, they'll be like, this, this is, is my, my niece, niece, April. And you know, nice, actually, but actually, uh, this is like a, a much younger woman <laughs> by like 30 years right. who I'm fucking. Okay, so this, well, this takes me back. That's was my original question. You have to have... Code, s- niece. Yeah, yeah, niece. You have I, to, no, it's dirty. So you have it's so ha- dirty. You have to have sex with these guys then. Well, you don't no. have to. Well, well, back to you don't have to, but you do. Though. It's like dating. You know what you it say is? You don't it's have dating. To. You it's dating older men. Grant, it's I like, have yeah. sex it's with like young dating. men, it's and like, it's awful. It's like, At least when they're older, they've done it. They've been around the blocks a few times. They make sure like, you come. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's like dating anybody else, anybody else with like out money or younger or whatever. If you're attracted to them and you like their company and you want to have sex with them, you do. But it just so happens that you go for a target, like a target target market demographic. Yeah. Demographic, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, no, and they I have money, and they, you know, they're, the treatment sexy. is different. So you, you actually, you actually like these guys. Then it's not all just about the money, or yeah. Is it? No, yeah. <laughs> no. His eyes, his eyes <laughs> widen. Like you, I do not. You believe. don't. I don't believe that. You don't really care about these guys, do you? Really? I, well, some of them. I mean, yeah. the guy's got no I, heart for a start. Let's start with him. N- Oh no, Mister Mister Ashley, as I'm going to remember his name now. Um, it's Mister Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you. Thank you, Leah. I think like we all are very fond of him, mm-hmm. but what if he lost all his money in the in the horrible? We would stock still like he'd crash. be like he'd become our Gordon. He'd be our Gordon. We have like we have all these. We love 
we love the old men. They're like funny. They're witty. They're smart. They have like life experiences. I feel like our generation has become so like maybe not New Orleans, but a lot of places around the world. Generations hang out and they don't cross borders anymore. And I think that there's so much to learn from... In New Orleans, yeah. like, age is not really, like, an issue. Like, I go... You know? One of my best friends is a mm-hmm. 70-something-year-old man named George. I wrote about him on blog. He's funny. He's entertaining. I have a great time with him. Huge dick. No. <laughs> I have never slept with George. He's very happily married. But, no, I think that... I think... I, I, I don't think we just all... We're only interested in the money. That's just, like, the joke. So there's something more attractive to you about older men because they're more experienced and older. I think that they know how to respect a woman. Yeah, the treatment is different. Do you think that everybody, as they get older, will turn into that kind of a person? No, I think our generation is fucked. (laughs) I am so sad for my child, because if this is what men in their 20s treat me like, I do not want to know what's going to happen in 20 years. Well, you guys are in your 20s. How do you feel about that? Well, I would say your child, uh, I I think the mother has a lot of control over that. Because I think I think I respect women, and my mom would always tell me when I was younger, someday some girl's going to thank me. <laughs> I think it's completely her fault. I right, well, a little vote of confidence for you <laughs> and your abilities. I don't know. Like, I'm, I, keep, I think we both harp onto our... Like, sometimes we, we talk about it briefly in the blog, our previous relationships and how they've influenced what we're attracted to now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we both have dated multiple men who, and especially this generation, it's like they just... There's nothing special about having a beautiful woman or sweet or yeah, smart. It's, it's just like, like they just expect it. When I lived in New York, I can't tell you how many dates I went on that I thought were going so well. And there's so much chemistry and romance and whatever. And then the bill comes and he grabs it and he looks at it and he says, hey, babe, you want to split this? And you're like, no, I don't. Like, I want you to take care. Aren't you an independent Person we can afford it, but that's not the point. It's not the point. It's the gesture. It's about, it, it's about, about the, the, re, the return of masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. in relationships and how, granted, we are modern women and everything like that, but we still want to be treated as, I don't know, like a, a valued object. Well, it seems like more from a financial standpoint, though. Like, well, they could do nice things, but that's not what happens well, either. I, I'm a musician. <laughs> my girlfriend's a pharmacist. I can't always afford dinner all the time, but I can do every other thing well. Well, then that's that's then you're a unique one. <laughs> well, I like to hope that I can do everything well. Well, that's an interesting point. Seems is, to be working out though. Do you think that? It, I mean, it's nice to pay for someone. It's nice to say it's I'll gesture. pick it up. It's like yeah. But you could do the same thing, right? You could pick up the check and say I'll take you. No, I mean I kind of believe in traditional gender roles. This isn't gone with the wind, though. You know, this is this is, this is the real life. Yeah, but then again, you're, you're right. Change. The men you're dating are dumb. Okay, if if, if it's very, going very romantically and everything's going exactly, fine and the check comes, thank you, and <laughs> thank I, you. And I, as a male, am not picking up the check. I'm certainly not getting laid. Thank you. That, definitely no. not that night. Maybe not the next time. Exactly. Not next time yes. if you don't pick up the check. Probably not yes. the next time. And it's not the money. It's no, not no, no, the no, money. It's, it's the act. We totally agree. Yes. Well, the fact that he actually picked it up, like you were like, oh. Gonna pick it up. This is great. But he like, looked at the looked, he looked yeah. at the sum. That's, and he that's said, pretty weak. That's pretty weak. Oh, you mean like it's too much? If it's it was like, less, yeah. I would have paid for it. If we it shouldn't have only, ordered it. If it, under, if it was only thirty-eight dollars and not forty-two, <laughs> I hey, can, you, can you spot me? It's twenty. You know, like. <laughs> but I only have thirty-nine dollars in my account. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't even. To me, like my last, well, not my serious, but my last boyfriend before a friend that he didn't even have a car or whatever, and he had a bike, and he was like a total. 
But I knew that he wasn't the right one. We were like hanging out or something. He's like, by the way, I just want you to know, I'm I'm dating multiple people right now. Don't get like you know, just don't get don't too get your hopes up. Yeah, and I was like. You don't even have a car. Yeah, how, are you, how are you getting to You're now dating one less I, multiple. You drive a bike. You drive a bike. <laughs> you, like, don't have any, like, you talk. I, well, let me And ask. you're going to tell me, like, I shouldn't get my hopes up? It's like, that was, like, my final straw. I was like, so, I'm, no. You, you, got, you guys want to fall in love, right? You want, a, you want the whole romantic, real thing like everybody wants. You want to fall in love and get married and have children. No, no. No. I think I do more I, than she does. I, I like. I, I want. You know. I used to think that. I don't know if I think that anymore. What do you think now? Um, I'm in a. I mean, I'm in a phase. I feel very good being single. I agree with that. I'm very happy being single. Yeah, you can be happy being what you're being, but but long term, if you're looking for romance and you're looking for guys, which is, seems to take up quite a lot of time and effort <laughs> here, what what would be the ultimate goal here? Would be to fall in love with one of them. Well, or not. it's just that hopefully he's got a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, and if he, if jo- he doesn't, it's okay, but joking, hopefully he's joking, got a lot of money. Joking aside for a minute, it doesn't matter if he has a lot of money if you're going to fall in love. No, no. They, no. No, we don't. Bullshit. That's not, no. <laughs> oh, come on. I think you're serious. The no, bar- I, th- I think the point of our, 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 our whole tryst is that... Oh, that's a nice word. Our objectification of men, it's fun and it's cliche and it's, it's going back to that era whenever you could have movies like Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and Marilyn Monroe would say something like... Well, he expects me to be pretty. Why can't I expect him to be rich? And, you know, we kind of harp back to that. We dress like in 50s and 60s when we go out with these men. Do you? Yeah, I, we, we definitely do. We, I mean, look at her. She looks like, I don't know if you, I'm going to describe her right now. She looks like Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, wow. She has these smoky blue violet eyes and black curly hair and these big lips and cheekbones. And she, she talks like she's from another era and like, and then it's I just, do? Yeah. You say <laughs> words. I'm like, pussy, 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 pussy. <laughs> But you say words in your articulation. It's very much like in tune with this bygone era. And the reason, you know, relationships works and work every, every age. And I'm not saying that they worked better back then. But I feel like when you expect things out of men, then they do them for you. And when you don't, then they're not going to do it for you. That's I all rec- I'm saying. I recently had... Um, That's all I'm saying. Well put. <laughs> I, yes, rec- I recently had a guy say, um, you know, let's go out. Let's, let's go out for a date. And this is not a big daddy. This is not a man with a lot of money. But he's, you know, we're intellectually well matched. And there's definitely a chemistry there. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, when? And, you know, whatever. And he says, I don't know. You make the plan. <laughs> and I texted is him it? back and I said, Bullshit. Be a man. Be a fucking man. <laughs> and that's, and and that's, that, that should be the end he of the He told block. me, I'm picking you up at six and we're going here. And they've been married for six years. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all have had <laughs> And I'm pretending like I'm not married. No, yeah. But like, he, loved, he loved it. He loved it. You no, know? I, we don't want to. That's exactly our point. It's like, gr- like men, you've been coddled. Like, let's be honest. They've, they're moms. Well, Girl, you know women what? our age, let it happen. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Right. I want to take the focus off, us, off of us and put it on them for a second. But David definitely is like, he knows what's up, I think. <laughs> Thank you. That's I, why he's I, happily I, I like married. I think so. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. What, what, what is up? Well, he, I mean, David knows that, like, you know, how to treat a woman and, like, had a court and whatever. And, and Did I used to date? Well, just <laughs> no, from what no, he no, said. No, 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 I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. Live this life. Um, well, I mean, you got to treat a, a, a woman like you value her. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you are, you know, I'm, I've been married six and a half years. I still bring my wife flowers. And, you know, granted, sometimes they're the $4 special at Rouse's, but they're still flowers. But you feel blessed to have her in your life. Every day. See, that's awesome. That's what we want. <laughs> that is what you want. Yep. That, what a bunch of money. And hopefully yeah. he is. Oh. I mean, we're in a recession. Come on. <laughs> and we're yes, writers. Come on. It seems like <laughs> you do take the rabbi. a lot of... D-Ray. Yes, here's the rabbi. You take a lot of... Um, you like being treated like a lady, but yet you want the money, but you like when they make the decisions as far as where to go to eat for you. You don't want to have any... I don't know. Power? Power in that, it seems oh, like. But we you have don't all see the power. <laughs> no, see, because I think... Because you, ha- like, you I don't think want... Well, I think that, you know, the traditional gender roles, there's like a certain balance with that. Like men, men need to have a challenge. Like if a girl is constantly like texting, I'm like, we're going to go here. We're going to go there. Unless he's like a a total sub, he's going to be like, this girl is so needy and on me. Like, I don't want it. Like, I need a challenge. I need this woman to like lay low and I make the plans and I, you know, do this, do this. I say this, I blah, blah, blah. I call. And um, it's just, I think it's very biological, you know, and women are the ones who negate and play coy. And well, there's a difference between in being, you know, no, I think there's a difference between the beginning of a relationship and then when you're in a relationship, like, you know, like in the beginning, it is a, it's a courtship. Courtship has been lost. Like I'm not, I had a guy and he was interesting and he wasn't wealthy and I liked him. And then he called me up after our, like, we went out one time. We went saw a movie. We had dinner. And then he called me up. He's like, hey, you want to come over and watch a movie at my house? And I'm like, no. That's not a date. That's, like, something you do when you've dated someone for four months and you're, like, comfortable and you, like, watch TV. And that's what I say. There's, like, an art. And the art has been lost. And that's, like, the old school New Orleans men still have it. And we just really wish it'd be come back. And on that note, I think we have to say thank you very much, everybody, for being here for a, a pretty instructive and informative and entertaining I a lot. We're outnumbered. There's only two of us. If you're listening to the show outside of New Orleans and you're coming to New Orleans and you'd like to figure out what to do while you're here, check out the Big Daddy blog. But also, you can also check out our friends at neworleans.com, the official New Orleans travel site. Our show was produced by Melinda Hawes, Anoush Karun, Trish Kaufman, and Graham DuPonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director. Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. My guests sitting around the table have been David Kunian, Big Daddy Baggers, April Isaacs, and Alexis Martinovich. Leo DeJesus, Eric Rogers, and the other rest of the guys, actually. Also from Vox and the Hound, D-Ray and Rory Calais. Is that how it's pronounced? Very good. And we can see Rory's work also in Offbeat magazine, as well as David Coonian's work. Mitchell Foreman is playing our theme song, and he also wrote it. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel. You can check out our other happy hours and other shows, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace. Not the restaurant we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic and True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, and you can subscribe to our podcast as well on iTunes. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for Mitch Foreman on piano, 
I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining us here at the Coles Hotel. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.